Hey, listeners, Nadej August here. I have a quick request before we dive into this following conversation. See, a study recently revealed that male podcasters do their ask at the top of their show, while women, the female podcasters, wait until the end and almost apologize for asking for support. Well, I am ripping a page from the boys club and am taking notes. I now am going to do my ask at the top of the show. And the ask is simple. Hit that subscribe button right now. Give me a rating, a five-star rating, preferably, and share. Share the podcast on social media. Tell your friends about it. You can email, message. There are so many easy ways through iTunes or any other form of platform that you use to listen to the podcast. I am an independently produced podcast. I am a one-person show. Except I pay an editor because I'm just not technical uh, to add music and to clean up any background noises that may prove to be distracting. I am also leaning towards becoming a listener-supported podcast. And as such, there is a link that will allow you to support me, support the podcast financially, monetarily, for as little as 99 cents a month. I also would love to hear from you. Please email me at whatthefockery at gmail.com. want to hear your insights, thoughts, comments, any ideas you may have about topics you'd like me to explore, anyone you'd like to me to have on, or if you'd like to come on, let me know. With every contribution, I will give you a shout out on air at the beginning of whatever episode you happen to contribute for and, and read your name, always with your permission, of course. And now, on with the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, listeners, did you know that yoga has a sister? Her name is Ayurveda. What the fuckery is Ayurveda? Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. If this is your first time with us, welcome. And here's what you can expect. What the Fuckery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, or concepts we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss... Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth whether we accept them or not. And if in that process we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, and inspire you, then thank you for being curious, open, and willing. In that vein today, my guest is Adrienne Diaz, who is an Ayurvedic health counselor yoga and breathworks instructor. Now, our focus with her is on yoga's sister, Ayurveda. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Adrienne. 
Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. What is this thing called Ayurveda? Yeah, it is. You gave me a great way of pronouncing it. Ayurveda. I as in your eyeball. Yes. Your Your as as in in you. You. Veda, like... I always think of Aveda, like the hair products. It's funny. I was thinking of <laughs> the Vedic teaching of the sutras. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I is, go with that. It, that's exactly it. <laughs> Ayurveda. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it is an Eastern holistic form of medicine. So Ayurveda is one of the oldest medical sciences of the world. So when we take a look at healing the human body, we first view nature and then from the elements of nature we use that to bring the body back to balance when you say the elements of nature what are those so in ayurveda we take a look at ether air fire water and earth six elements five five okay yes. i cannot count thank you <laughs> it's okay i was stumped when you said ether i'm like oh ether must be air <laughs> Oh, gosh, I'm so not science-bound. That's okay. So ether is a synonym of space. So ether or space. So we have that. Um, But yeah, we take a look at the five elements, and our bodies are made up of all five of those elements. Everything that you see surrounding us, the foods that we eat, the things that we walk on or take a look at indoors and outdoors are all made up of these five elements. How did you stumble on Ayurveda? What's your journey with it? Were you raised with it or? No, I, back in 2015, I did my yoga teacher training and that is when I was first introduced to Ayurveda. So we had a small section about Ayurveda and it was just to brush up on the basics of Ayurvedic medicine. But it wasn't until later that year when I got sick and I actually was bounced around from allopathic doctor, specialist, nurse, practitioner. All of these Western doctors didn't have a clue what was actually going on in my body. So I made the conscious choice to do an alternative route for a more holistic form of healing. So I was able to dive back into Ayurvedic medicine and with getting to know more about my body and how I react to different herbs, to different breathwork practices, different yogic poses and focusing more on my body, I was able to understand the importance of Ayurveda and I decided to dive further into it and study it up in Northern California. Oh, so you, how long was your training for? It was a year. A year, and Mm -hmm. you committed fully, you moved there, and you were 100%. So the program actually was interesting. It was very flexible. I was able to still live in LA, and then I would commute back and forth. Can you, do you want to share what your, what your health crisis was, or you'd rather not, and it's okay if you No, we can go right into it. It wasn't, um, it wasn't too scary, but... I was at work, I was working at a yoga studio, and at that time in my life, I was I was living the hustle lifestyle. I was working at a restaurant, I was waiting tables, I was working at a yoga studio, I just finished my yoga teacher training, so I was also teaching yoga classes for 
free, basically. I had a barter system where people would come in and bring items or do donation-based yoga. So I was doing a lot of the time, and I was commuting all over LA on my bicycle. So I was active. I was constantly talking and moving. And the bottom line was I wasn't really fully giving my body the rest, the food, the nourishment that it needed. And one day at work, I collapsed. Mm. I collapsed and I at first, I got really nauseous. I started getting these hot sweats, and everybody at work started to get worried, but I couldn't stand back up. I couldn't even communicate. My now brother-in-law had to come and pick me up from work, and we went to the hospital. I got an endoscopy, a colonoscopy. They did all these tests on me. They couldn't figure out why I was reacting the way that I was reacting. And then even after I left the hospital, I couldn't eat anything for months. I was struggling to keep food down. And it all turns out that my vata and my pitta, which later we'll discuss the doshas, they were all out of whack, but none of these doctors were going to tell me what exactly was going on because they had no idea. Right. They're not trained to look at a body holistically, unfortunately. Exactly. exactly. We might as well dive into more of what Ayurveda is. So let's just say, let's take me hypothetically, I come to you, mm-hmm. where would you start with me? So in an Ayurvedic health consultation, so in the initial evaluation, you would come to me and tell me what exactly is going on. So it could be anything. I've seen clients who are suffering from rheumatoid arthritis to diabetes to they just want to lose weight or they want to find more balance or their acne is flaring up or their skin is really dry. So there's so many different things and ranges of the health spectrum that Ayurveda can address. address. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that. We go into your health history, your family's medical history, I take a look at your tongue. So we do a tongue diagnosis. I check your pulse, take a look at the the face, the skin, the nails, and we'd even talk about your poop. Um, All of this will paint a picture of what exactly is going on in your body, how strong your digestive system is. And you realize I'm going to have to mark this explicit because you said the word poop, right? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Keep going. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. No worries. No worries. But we really get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on mentally, emotionally, physically to figure out how to bring your body back to balance from there. And then when do those doshas come in? What are the doshas? Yes. So remember when we were talking about the five elements. Right. So we have ether, air, fire, water, and earth. So all of these five elements make up the three doshas or the fundamental energies in the body that make up our psychophysiological tendencies. So the way that we talk, the way that we act, the way that we react, the way that we function, those are all determined by our doshas. So the three doshas are vata, which is composed of ether and air. If you lose me, just let me know. I'm following (laughs) along. (laughs) 
Then we have pitta. Pitta is composed of fire and water. It's not that bread people slather hummus on. Yes, not okay, good. pita. <laughs> pitta. And then the third dosha is kapha, which is composed of water and earth. So with these three doshas, we're able to figure out what your mind-body type is. The same mind-body type that you were born with. And then from there, we figure out what your current state of imbalance is at based on all the information that we have gathered together. So if your pitta is out of balance, we would factor in different types of breath work, body work, foods, herbs, all of these things that will bring your pitta back to balance. Because pitta is, the elements are... Fire and water. Fire and water. So, so you would need breath to stabilize? Yeah, there are different forms of breath work, different forms of yoga, different forms of foods and herbs that would help to bring pitta back to balance if it were out of balance. Mm -hmm. So for example... When pitta is out of balance, that may manifest as inflammation in the body. So because of that fire and water element, so you see different parts of your body heating up, that heat will manifest into rashes, into acne, into inflammation. Rosicea probably. Yes. Yeah. So that can be a sign that pitta may be out of balance. So there's so many different factors to, Fascinating. to look into. Yeah. And again, we're all not one size fit all. So Right. Our so that's the other thing. I have nothing against allopathic or medicine. Western medicine. It serves its purpose. It's it's it pretty does. good at quote unquote diagnosing things Correct. in terms of, you know, because of the machines and all the wonderful Correct. medical equipments, we can yes. go in and figure it out. But in terms of healing and preventative, right. mm, not so much. Exactly. So we do need Western medicine in those acute situations. For if surgeries. I were to get Right. Surgery or if something happened where, for example, God forbid, we got into a car accident, Ayurvedic medicine is not going to be the, the go-to go modality. Right. Sure. So, but you did touch on preventative medicine. That's something that I do want to highlight because Ayurvedic medicine is the framework for preventative medicine. So it's... It really does set the foundation for setting you up for success so that later down the road, you won't be spending thousands of dollars on- To fix something. X, Y, and Z, yeah. exactly. It's kind of like a car, making sure you change your oil on yeah. time and all of that. Ayurveda is the, the tune-up. It's the tune-up. Now, I, I jokingly used an analogy you gave me when you said that Ayurveda was the sister to yoga. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Is it because yoga goes hand in hand? Like you practice yoga as you're doing Ayurveda? Yes. Is, do you absolutely have to? Is that a There's a, a lot of overlap. So Ayurveda is considered the sister science of yoga. So both, both yoga and Ayurveda come from the Veda, which is the oldest form of wisdom of spiritual knowledge. So they both come from that place. There's so much overlap in Ayurvedic medicine and yoga. So even when I'm treating clients, I use forms of yoga. Such breath work is a form of yoga. Meditation is a form of yoga. And all of those different things, there are hundreds of styles of yoga, of breath work, and meditation that all correlate to balancing vata, pitta, and kapha. So there is no one size fits all for 
a yoga practice or a breathwork practice, what may be balancing for me may not be balancing for somebody else. Most and, likely not, in fact. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yes. How soon, because uh, we are that fast food nation where we want results right away, yeah. how long does someone have to follow the protocol you come up with for them before they start to see changes or results? That's a great question. So there is no true answer to that because we all have different things. Not only do we all have different mind and body types, we all have different things going on in our lives. We all react to different forms of anything differently. So because of that, we all process and digest information and new forms of healing and modalities very differently. So, Would you say if someone is a, a skeptic per se, mm -hmm. apprehensive, like, all right, I'm, this is, I'm coming here, I heard about it, I don't believe right. in any of that yeah. voodoo or whatever this is, um, would you say that it influences how f quickly they get see results or does it matter? Do you have to believe that well, this stuff will work? I know herbs can't lie. I know there right. are these things, but there right. are people in that mind frame of, what is that? Yeah. It's not Tylenol. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I see what you're saying. They're, when they come in with that belief, and you've seen people who seen were skeptics? That. Right. But sure. at the same time, everybody comes to your door for a reason. Right. So they already made the choice to show up, and that's huge. Mm. For people who are skeptic and they're not ready to show up to the door, that's so common because Ayurveda is like unicorn science. Sometimes when I talk about it, people are like, Ayur, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Um so with that, I would say that if you already have a limiting belief about something, that's going to create a blockage already. And this could be about anything. It doesn't have to be about Ayurveda. But if I had a limiting belief about eating kale, I'm already going into the mindset and my body is already rejecting kale. Because in you sense. told it you don't exactly. like kale. Right. Got so, it. Huh. That's that's the way I see it. But I want to go back to it as preventative. So mm -hmm. I don't one doesn't necessarily have to have a, an issue happening. They can come just like you go yes. to your allopathic medicine doctor hopefully once a year uh, for your general checkup. You can also go see come see someone like you. Yes. So that's the thing. I don't want to wait for my car to break down in order for me to get that oil change. I want to do the upkeep and keep it clean and fresh and healthy so that it runs properly. So mm. we have to think that way about our bodies too. We want to keep it at its well-oiled machine. level right? of performance. We don't want to wait until we break down and get sick before we choose to eat healthier, choose to incorporate different herbs, choose to move our bodies in a way that's balancing for us. I like the word balancing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um we seem to live in a time where anxiety is high. I'm noticing it more and more on a daily basis, the stress of life, the city, and specifically for those of you who don't know, we are in Los Angeles here where we record What the Fockery. And also we are seeing what we pretty much label as mental illness. Mm -hmm. 
If someone feels a little bit mm, out of whack, so to speak, no physical appearance of anything wrong, but just something's not right mentally Mm -hmm. or in their head, can Ayurveda help that? Yeah. Yeah, so there is a section of Ayurveda, which is Ayurvedic psychology, So there are different branches of Ayurvedic medicine. You get to geriatric medicine, um, gynecology. You have all different forms of Ayurveda, and psychology is one of them, or psychiatry. So there are a lot of different forms of lifestyle practices, even foods that help to build carotene for your mind, Um, different forms of breath work that will help to balance out the nadis of the body. Nadi is an energy channel. Mm. So our bodies contain 72,000 nadis that just... Uh, I mean, they're, they're naughty yoga. Right. There are yoga modalities exactly. of just focusing on the nadi, yeah. Right, so when you do different forms of breath work or put yourself in a yoga pose that presses on the seat of different parts of your body, that can help to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, bring your body back to calm and ignite this state of ease or a state of bliss in the body. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but yes, Ayurveda does tackle all of those things. It looks at that too. Correct. And just because it seems that what seems to motivate people the most, at least in my world, is this idea, is the physical appearance right? Mm-hmm. We are in a town where it's about show. Of course. <laughs> yes. And people are on the quest of that must lose weight, want to be as thin as possible, or hopefully healthily as possible, which would be the smarter way to go about it. Um, what is out of balance overall when someone struggles with um, weight loss or weight gain, I should say? I like to, first things first, I always go to the very, very, very core of everything. And that is your digestive fire. So your digestive fire, think of it as the stovetop. Our stomach is that pot that's sitting on top of the stove. And then the, the our digestive fire can be increased or decreased based on the lifestyle practices that we do, the foods that we eat, anything. It could be changed and altered by anything. So we can be eating healthy, we can be working out, and you may still not be losing that weight because something is not fully balanced with your digestive fire. So for example, I could be eating all these healthy foods, but if I'm not properly breaking it down, digesting it, assimilating it, it's not going to do any good for me. It's just going to go straight through me Mm. and into the toilet. And it's not going to really help. And a lot of people are really diving into different forms of exercise here and there, but if it's not balancing for their body type, that's also not going to help them lose weight. That's true. I mean, there are people who swear by hit high interval. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. I find walking is amazing for me. Yeah. So that may not be true for someone else, but I also believe that I'd rather see someone walking than not moving at 
all. Exactly. If you haven't exercised in six months, two years, five years, to tell that person, go do HIT, I'm sorry, that's just cruel. Their body's going to be put into shock. Yeah, it's too much. Definitely. Yeah, it's wonderful. Adrian. How can people reach you? How any of my listeners, if they feel moved, I know I want to see you. I almost want to put you in the spot (laughs) and say, okay, here's my tongue. Here's my pulse. What's wrong with me? Diagnose me now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad we don't have a camera. So we would do a live consultation using me as as your patient. But... How can we reach you? So uh, you can reach me via email, phone, my website. So my website is is Ho'ola Mama. So Ho'ola comes from the ancient Hawaiian language. Ho'ola means to give life. Oh, I love that. Ho'ola. With Ayurveda, I definitely do want to inspire people to do more things, engage in more lifestyle practices that give you life. Eating foods that give you life, practicing physical activity that really gives you life, anything. Hanging out with people that lift you up. you. Yes. So that is where Ho'ola comes from. So it's H-O-O-L-A-M-A-M-M-A dot com. And your Instagram is the same? Or same thing. Same at thing. Ho'ola Mama. Yep. <laughs> Ho'ola Mama. We will have all yes. of the information on the show notes Um, Any parting words, anything you'd like for us to think about? Or maybe what can the average person or someone who just heard your information, what can they start doing for themselves? Something super simple that can start getting them on that path of well-being. Yeah. So I do like that you've brought up a lot of mental health pointers. And one of my favorite reminders is mental cleanliness is just as important as your physical cleanliness. So here in LA, we have all these people who are really into the external look of themselves, of everything, but not really focusing too much on what's happening internally. So especially living in LA or whatever city you live in, definitely find the time to be comfortable with yourself. Take a moment to really focus on your breath, even if it's just putting your phone away, turning off the TV. Closing your eyes. Closing your eyes. Be alone and be okay with yourself. And just observe. Observe. If there's food in your mouth, close your eyes and observe all of the parts of the tongue that Mm. are being activated as you chew. And whatever you may be doing, even when you're brushing your teeth, just the sensations of brushing your teeth, just be there. Wherever you're at, be present. Mm. That's part of mindfulness too, this big movement of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a thought as well. Is there a simple breath breathing exercise as we can do when we're stuck behind the wheels of our car or at home, bored and annoyed with life (laughs) (laughs) that can just center us back? Yes. A simple one that I love to keep returning back to is belly breathing. So when we're stuck in traffic or if we're sick of sitting in front of the boob tube, right, anything we or even if we are stressed or you notice that anxiety is definitely filling you up and increasing, we tend to breathe from our chest. 
So when we breathe from our chest, we start to tighten up our shoulders. So you notice that a lot of people who have anxiety, they're stressed out all the time, they tend to have tighter shoulders because their shoulders are all the way up here. Mm-hmm. So if we just allow our shoulders to get heavy, pull them away from our ears, and just focusing on breathing through our belly, we don't have lungs in our belly. But when we start to focus and direct our attention and our energy towards our belly, now we start to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So Mm -hmm. as you inhale and exhale through the nose, just fill up the belly. And also the tongue, from what I understand, has to rest on the roof of the mouth. That's another way to activate the parasympathetic system. Is that right? Yeah, you can do that. Or or even play with releasing the tongue from touching anything. Mm. Just allow yourself to let go. Don't tense up or hold up anywhere. And just fill up your belly. And then notice the belly fall as you exhale. Most people... And I remember this. I was taught how to breathe correctly by observing babies. Mm. They're the purest in terms of how to breathe properly. So as you inhale, your stomach rises, right? So Mm. in this case, the belly would protrude. Yes. Sorry, people with the six packs. (laughs) (laughs) Belly breathing does involve not having a six pack for like that split second. Right. Right. And then exhaling, you let it You're pulling the belly in towards the navel, towards the back of the spine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, Sounds very calming. I just did that as we were chatting. And I feel calmer already. (laughs) Adrienne, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Nadesh. Also, I know that most people who are in your line of work like to do things that are beyond... uh, that are about community and helping others. Um, do you do any sort of community activities that involve yes. giving back? Because yes. you have a lot to share and give. Thank you. Yeah. So for fun, I... <laughs> Wait, you have time for fun? <laughs> Go you on. have to. You have to make time for fun. So for fun, I, my partner Amir and I will hold gatherings where we... We like to strategically place them in areas that don't really get access to a lot of yoga, a lot of alternative medicine, a lot of plant-based healthy eating. So we put together a huge event and make it affordable so that these forms of healing is accessible to those who need it most. So... Yeah, Amir was one of my guests a a few episodes back. That's right. And um, the the website for what you do is? So usually I'll post it on Ho'ola Mama, but you can also find it on Yogi Athlete. So on Yogi Athlete's website and Instagram, you can follow the events that we have happening, not only in Los Angeles, but we're working on expanding it to other cities across the U.S. Oh, I wish you well with that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. My goodness, I have been, it feels like for this, listeners, you are aware of this, that we are focusing on all different types of healing modalities now. And I, my guests have a way of calming me down. And I hope you still find the podcast entertaining (laughs) and educational and it motivates you because I always feel ready for a nap. Mm. Not out of boredom, but out of just being so chill. That's a good thing. It is a great thing. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all. See you next time. Bye. (laughs) 